Thank you for tuning in to Sounding Out to the Nations. This is Evangelist Ronnie Casillas bringing you the word of the Lord today uh, for on New Year's Eve, the day before the start of a brand new year. Um, I want to wish everybody a happy new year. And I want to share with you a message about time and how to discipline ourselves with in the area of time in fact it's from the life of Moses Moses and the children of Israel had squandered a lot of time as they wandered through the wilderness for 40 years a trip that should have taken them 13 days suddenly became 40 years of wandering around and around and around they went and towards the end of Moses life he pinned Psalm 90, and we're going to read from there. Psalm 90, verse 1 says, The prayer of Moses, the man of God, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Verse 2 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Verse 17 then says, And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. I read a statement once that said, Tomorrow is the first blank page of a 365-page book. Write a good one. Someone else said, Every year is a chess game. New Year's is a new chess game. You make the right moves, you win the game. And then I also heard this. I hope you realize that every day is a fresh start for you. That every sunrise is a new chapter in your life waiting to be written. See, and life is made of time here on earth. We're experts at counting our days. But the real challenge is to live out our lives in such a way that every single day counts. In fact, time is referenced 21 times in 17 short verses of Psalm 90. Out of 150 psalms, only five are titled as a prayer of so-and-so. Only one is attributed to Moses. In fact, the noun prayer does not appear in all of Moses' story, which includes Exodus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. It never appears in those books but it appears here in verse chapter um, 90 of Psalms. And so at, it begins, the chapter begins with the um, word Lord or Adonai. Adonai means master. He's more than a creator. He's more than the commander. He's more than a chief and controller of your life. He's not just a creator or a chum or a companion in your life. Not just the creator or the big boss or best friend, but he's master. Master of all. He's a sovereign God. He's in control of all things. And to make the most out of our life, today I'm going to suggest that we must reflect on three areas. Three areas of reflection by Moses. The first is the foundation of faithfulness. There has to be a foundation of faithfulness. Now, we're unfaithful as men and women that were born under sin. 
um, you know, we're pressured by the ways of the world and Satan is constantly attacking, but we have a sinful nature residing inside of each and every one of us. So there has to be a foundation of faithfulness outside of our being. And Moses begins his prayer by addressing God as Adonai, the master of all things. God's desire as master is to establish faithfulness in his relationship with us. He's the firm foundation. Upon this rock will we stand, folks. He See, a relation that is to be firm and fixed, not fast and fleeting, is what God is looking for. And God is everlasting. He's eternal and he's enduring. So verse 2 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting thou art God. In other words, he's unshakable as the mountains. He's unmovable as the world. He's unchanging from everlasting to everlasting. Unshakable, unmovable, and unchanging. Our dwelling place is in God's faithfulness, not in our lack of faith or faithfulness. Even though Moses and the children of Israel lived in the wilderness for 40 long years, they had found a dwelling place. Not a house or a habitation, but a home and a harbor. It was in the shadow of his wings that they abode. He was a refuge and a fortress and a deliverer it during all their wanderings. Although lofty and holy and high and lifted up, he is accessible. Aren't you glad for that? That even while he hung on the cross, he rent the veil that very moment that he shed his blood. Uh, making an entrance for, uh, entrance for us to enter to the Holy of Holies. In fact, the Bible says he rent the veil from top to bottom, signifying that a way had been made for us to enter the holiest. And so, from everlasting to everlasting, his being remains the same. His being is endless, which, which means that he is raised above time. The limitations and the limits of God, of time have no bearing on God. He can do in one minute what he can do in a thousand years. I said he can do in one minute what he can do in a thousand years. Never lose your hope in the unshakable, unmovable, and unchanging God. A man was petitioning God for money and he asked God, If a day in your sight is as a thousand years, then what does a minute look like? And God answered him, A minute in my sight is as 253 years in your sight. Then what does a million dollars look like to you? He said, A million dollars looks like to me a penny to you. Or rather the opposite way around. A penny to me is like a million dollars looks to you. Then he said, Oh, he says, In that case... I need to ask you for a penny, which he was really asking for a million dollars. God answered the man by saying, "Well, you're not gonna have you're not gonna have it that that soon. See, you're gonna have to wait a minute, a minute. <laughs> In other words, a thousand years or two hundred fifty-three years." He would have to wait. See, he can do in one minute what he can do in a thousand years. In moments, he can do the work of centuries. He's a timeless being. That's important for us to know, folks. When we're facing um, uh, challenges and obstacles and mountains in our life, when we're that, 
facing these circumstances that are so, so uh, hard to believe we can overcome. Uh, in moments, he can do the work of centuries. He's a timeless being. Remember that all of your days this coming year, that at any moment, he can change your life. Jo I think about Joseph. Joseph, uh, from one second to another, was moved from the penitentiary or the prison to the palace. In one second, in one minute, he transferred over to the palace and he reigned as prince over Egypt. And so it's amazing how quickly God can move things. Lazarus was in a throne uh, or in a, a tomb and Jesus said to him, Lazarus, come forth. And in a second, he was out of that tomb. He was alive again. And so he's a timeless being. Remember that. Three areas of reflection by Moses. The first is the foundation of faithfulness. On Christ the solid rock, rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. The second area is fruitfulness. See, Moses prayed for fruitfulness. The distance looking backwards in the life of Moses was further than looking forward. They had wandered for 40 years. They had squandered their time. Verse 8 says, Thou hast set up set our inequities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. And so they were always conscious of the time they had squandered, of their wandering years through the, through the land, through the wilderness. They missed out on their destiny. I remember one time an 82-year-old man walked into my office and he said to me, he said, Pastor, I have come to realize that my life, all 82 years of it, are as a drop of a bucket in comparison with eternity. Will you help me to receive the Lord? Boy, that brings perspective into time, into about our time, doesn't it? It brings everything into perspective. If 82 years of his life were as a drop in the bucket as compared with eternity. Wow. Moses contemplates their past 40 years. They were tempted to reflect upon their journey on various occasions. They should have taken them 13 years to enter the promised land. Instead, they took 40 years to enter in. It wasn't even that generation that entered in. It was the next generation that was led by Joshua that entered into the promised land. So I love to walk or hike. I do it daily. It's therapy for me. One thing that's so upsetting for me is when I get off the trail and I start walking in new territory. After thinking I've gone a long, long ways uh, by veering off the main track, I see something f familiar. I realize I've been going around in circles. There's frustration, disappointment, a wasted time, and also fear. As it begins to set in my heart that I might not find my way back to the main path. See, that's what these people were like. The children of Israel wandered around for 40 years, around and around and around in circles. And there was frustration, disappointment, discouragement, and fear that settled into their hearts. There was a realization of what sin had done to them. The sin of unbelief, murmuring and complaining, debauchery, sexual sin, rebellion, 
at Mount Sinai, for instance. Finally, they rejected the very land God had prepared for his people. Looking at all that, Moses prays that they would still be of use to God. Verse 12, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. There are 86,400 seconds in a day, 1,440 minutes in a day, 524 4,600 minutes in a year, 31,536,000 or 31,536,000,000 seconds in a year. I've been alive on this earth 22,265 days. I have been married 13,140,000 minutes. I've been sleeping 26.2 years. I've been eating 3.2 years. I've been watching TV. If I'm an average uh, TV viewer, uh, then I have been watching TV 8.75 years. I've only been reading the Bible 156 days. If I read the average time of 15 minutes a day for the believer. 156 days in comparison to 26.2 years sleeping. Wow. Sunday's church attendance, 104 days. So Moses cries out, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. That really puts things in perspective, doesn't it? About the wasted time we have we have squandered. In our lives. We're no different than the children of Israel. And so he says, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. And that's really what it's about, isn't it, folks? Applying wisdom to our time and to our walk with God to make sure that every every single promise is fulfilled in our life. That the destiny that God charted out for on our behalf is fulfilled. That the plans and purposes of God come to pass in each and every one of us. Teach us to number our days and to apply our hearts into wisdom. Three areas of reflection by Moses. The second is fruitfulness. The third is the formation of their future. See, they reflected on God's faithfulness. They reflected on Israel's past. They Now they're looking forward. Remember, Moses is praying to the one who from everlasting to everlasting is God. They have made mistakes. They have rebelled. They have confessed unbelief. But Moses' heart is still filled with hope. Establish thou the work of our hands, he prays. Webster's Dictionary says the word establish means to settle or fix, to confirm, as to establish a person, a society, or a corporation in possessions of or privileges. The Hebrew word means much more. It means fix permanently, settle permanently, to erect, fix, or settle, to appoint, to render sure, to render prosperous or prosper, to frame, ordain, or order, to settle, to fix, or to fasten. The word establish here is used in relation to time. In context, Moses is talking about a a now moment. What is a now moment? What is a now moment? A now moment is when something comes to pass instantly. I look at Joseph, for instance. He was in the prison 
One moment, the next moment he was on the throne. See, I see that in the scripture over and over and over. See, life has almost totally passed them by, these children of Israel, as they have wandered for almost 40 years, feeling disappointed, depressed, discouraged, and despondent. They had fallen, they had failed, and they were fruitless. But they're praying, Lord, bring it to pass now. They're not asking God to bring it to pass in the next 40 years, 50 years, 60 years. They're asking, their life is short. They're at the end of their wandering years. And, and, and they know, Moses knows that he's about to die on this side, the world side of the promised land. And so he prays, teach us to number our days. And so it reminds me of the Valley of the Dry Bones. In fact, that was a now moment when God told Ezekiel to prophesy to the bones that they would rise up and live again, God was not telling them to just declare it and believe it and just stand on the promise of God. No, God told them to activate life in the dry bones and they will come to life, he told them. What about Peter? Peter had cursed a girl. Peter had denied the Lord. He had rebuked Jesus, in fact. And... Um, when Jesus said that he was going to die that night, he re- Peter rebuked Jesus. And uh, he was fearful of stepping out and, and declaring the word of the Lord. But Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. And all of a sudden, the boldness rose up in him. There was a now moment and he stood up and he preached the word of God without... without uh, any hesitancy whatsoever. He preached the Word of God with boldness. And the Bible says that over 3,000 people were saved that very day. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so Peter was used of God as God gave him a now moment. We read through the book of Mark, and the word that it's commonly used there is immediately or steadfastly. In other words, there were many, many now moments in the life of Jesus that are that are um, uh, spoken about in the book of Mark, all related to time, folks. Jesus did not say to Mary and Martha, I'll believe with you. I'll stand in agreement with you. No, Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And he came forth. There was a now moment. And that's what Moses was praying for. He says, we're at the end of our life. We've squandered time. We have not been fruitful. We've been round and round and round the world. It seemed like they had been around the entire world. It was a small piece of land that they were walking in. He says, says, we've been doing that. But we're believing that you're going to give us fruit now. Now. We know we're about to die. For God, you've already spoken to me that I would not enter into the promised land that the next generation would. And so we need this now. Time may end today, tomorrow, or the next week, or the next month. But it may be now, and we, we need a, a now moment. We need to be, we want to leave a legacy upon this world, is what Moses was declaring. He says, we want to leave fruit. We want to leave a, uh, a destiny for our, 
our children, the next generation that enters into the Holy Land. Lord, let them take the ball and run with it. Let them let them get the trophy. Let us be instrumental in in declaring faith to them and and activating a now moment so that they can fulfill the destiny that you have for the children of Israel through them, O oh God. Give us a now moment. How many of you need a now moment today? I mean, you're at the end of the rope. Have you ever noticed that God, I, I say when I'm preaching often, that God has been given a new name. His name is Jehovah Nick of Time because he shows up in the nick of time. He does. So often he does that. When we're at the end of the rope, when we're ready to throw in the towel, when we're ready to give in, uh, to our unfaithfulness, all of a sudden God shows up on the scene and He supplies our need. He did that in the darkest hour of the night for for the disciples as they were towing against the um, contrary winds and the waves and the, the sea was, there was a storm over the sea and they were fearful they were about to drown. But in the darkest hour of the night, the last watch, the Bible says, during the darkest hour of the night, here he shows up walking on the water, walking over the waves and settles the storm down. He shows up in the nick of time. And we need to believe that. We need to keep our hope in God, the faithful one who from generation to generation has been our dwelling place. He's our God. He's our Savior. He's our Redeemer. He's a faithful prophet. When He promises something, He will do it. So we can trust in Him. Keep your hope in Him. You've sown your seed. You've stood on the promises of God. Now believe and act on a now moment today that God wants to give you. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for the listener today that you would bless him, that you would touch him, that Lord, her, oh God, that you would quicken them, oh God, and give them a now moment, Lord God, even though they've prayed a prayer a year ago, a week ago, or a month ago, Lord, Bring it to pass right now, we pray in Jesus' name. And to you be the glory, to you be the honor. All the blessing and the power is yours, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah.